tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. <laughs> it's almost as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about chapters 34 and 35 of Wayward Son, in which Penny is freaked out because she's really used to being a girl with a plan and they have none for this giant mess that they are in. Um, Simon does, though, which is basically just keep going west to Agatha's last location and they'll just steal slash magic, whatever they need along the way. Uh, and also just do some Google research about this now, about this now next cult. Uh, but Baz, like, really needs to eat. So she ends up following Simon and Baz along on Baz's hunt. Baz does get a bighorn sheep, question mark, whatever kind of mountain goat. Uh, but whoops, they're on someone else's territory, and she does not like that Penny is doing magic. Chapter 35, Baz, uh, wakes up. All of them are tied up in gag because some scary-ass lady does not like vamps, but thankfully, she does like Shepard, who strolls up like this whole situation is completely normal. He defends them and gets Maggie to remove their gags, and we learn that the now-next people are vampires who are trying to learn magic, slash steal magic because apparently Baz is one in a, li- is, is one in a million. Good job, Simon. Shepard convinces Maggie to let them go um, and she will, but Simon's got to stay because he's a baby lost dragon kitten Because and she knows this because she's a motherfucking dragon. The gang convinces her that Simon is not a dragon. LOL, whatever, kids. <laughs> and now they have a quest to go, rid of, to go get rid of these next now vamps because a shit ton of magical vampires are not good for the magical ecosystem. Unlike the mountain cat that Baz left alive. Uh, Maggie the, the dragon is keeping Penny's ring, but at least she's giving her magic stone back. Yes. I feel like I underlined two-thirds of these chapters. There's This is like really, really top-notch book right here. Yeah, I think these, these couple of chapters are actually... Actually, I think the chapter with Maggie is like one of my top favorite bits of this whole book. Totally. Same. Yes, it's so good. Um, yeah, so let's go talk about it in... Easy Come, Easy Go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. What do you go first? I just love how we get a little bit of Baz reminiscing about his mom and about how she knew the name of every magical creature and being, which I'm like... That sounds like some peak animal weirdo, and I approve of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, probably it's like your powerful vampire family is probably good to know those things, but I'm like... <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, I see you. I, 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 I see a fellow animal weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I know she has her issues, but I just feel like his mom was cool as fuck. Like, she would have been really really fun to know i know yeah i know i think it would have been very funny to see her interact 
with Simon when Bez is like, so this is my boyfriend. Oh my God. What the fuck (laughs) are you doing? He's literally the son of my biggest enemy. I feel like she was the kind of person, though, who would have been like, ooh, we can play this to our advantage, you know? Yes, yes. I think you are correct. I think maybe the initial thing would be like, what the fuck? And then it's like, oh, fine, I can, we can make this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Simon would have totally grown on her. Yeah, exactly. I, so my first thing is that this thing where Penny's like, the last time I made a good decision is when I chose Cheesecake over Strudel on the flight over is a Guys and Dolls reference. And I just want to, like, oh my God. say hello <laughs> to my other musical theater gays out there who are like, that's a Guys and Dolls reference. I'm really glad that you pointed that out. It's been so long since I've seen Guys and Dolls, but what an excellent, what an excellent musical that is. It really is. I um, watched it a lot when I was a a youngin but actually recently like very recently watched it with evan for his first time because i've been like let's watch all of the musical as i musicals i was obsessed with as a middle schooler and it's it's one of them it's fun it is very fun so yes what is your next thing never fails to make me laugh but like Shepard picks Penny up when she's tied up and she's like unhand me and he just immediately drops her and I'm like that's why you don't say that when you're not able to stand up I know I yeah I wrote like this Shepard has this incredible very subtle sense of humor that's like not what you expect from his sort of like overall shepherdness yeah Yeah. and it's so surprising every time he does something like that and it's so great (laughs) i just oh my god that's so fun and funny i like i read the chapter twice today and it just it just it just made me laugh both times i just like what did you you think was gonna happen (laughs) i mean i feel like a lot of people would have like gently eased her down but like he has no reason to be nice to her right now and he's being so nice to her and having this moment to be like you asked is just Mm -hmm. great i fucking love it i love him yeah oh my god i know i know so good it's so good (sighs) um i also love the part where they're like oh we have to find agatha and Baz and Penny are both like, I can't do any magic. Like, what are we going to do? What spell could we use? Like, how long is it going to take? And Simon's just like, we could, we could just Google that. Like, you guys. And it's, I don't know. I love all of the moments where the two of them are just like so lost without the idea of magic. And then someone comes in and is like, the rest of the world exists. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I feel like this is like a sort of like good book for that because it's like really and a lot of it is sort of where Shepard shines where it's like as mages like Penny and Baz are so used to just being able to magic their way out of a problem that they're like we don't need to be cautious or I don't want to say like think critically but a little bit like you know like their way of assessing a situation isn't helping them at all and it just keeps getting them in deeper shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, like, and obviously Shepard is like, I know how to deal with the situation. And I think also at this point for Simon, it's just kind of like, there's a lot of ways to get around not having magic. I've been doing it for the past 
however long it's been between book one and book between book one the end of book one well i mean and also he didn't have enough control over his magic to use something like a finding spell or a locating spell you're right even before now so i think probably simon always would think of the internet much sooner than he would be racking his brain for like what spell could i use to find out <laughs> you know yeah yeah um maggie tells says that simon will one day be a dragon and will one day be ferocious and i'm like that is some excellent book three foreshadowing <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i don't i don't know if that's where this line is going but in are we spoiling for book three i don't actually remember at this point yeah 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 yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, that seems legit for where Simon ends up in book three. <laughs> so, yeah, embracing his his dragonness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really love this friendship moment. I always love when they get these friendship moments. Um, where Penny is describing that Baz still feels uncomfortable eating in front of her and Simon, and how she like sort of describes the way that they respect that and like what that looks like from each of them to to do and just makes me happy yeah um so my last thing is so maggie says that whatever that uh that simon looks like the same breed of dragon that she is a great Mm -hmm. red dragon is this the same breed of dragon you think that showed up in the first book yeah Definitely. All right. I like couldn't remember. And I'm like, I know that you drew a sticker about this. So I'm assuming <laughs> you would know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think specifically because when Simon summons the dragon wings the first time, someone is like, why dragon or like, yeah, why do you have devil wings or something? And he's like, I think I was thinking about that dragon. So mm-hmm. assuming that that dragon was the the same breed as as maggie yeah okay i assume but i like really couldn't remember um that's one of my favorite stickers <laughs> it's pretty great i was just thinking about how great that sticker is uh thank you so it's uh for listeners it's the dragon with headphones on learning the lyrics to you can't touch this because that spell only works if the dragon knows the song um and just a reminder that all of the previous Sticker Club stickers for this month only are available in our shop as piecemeal. So if you want one and there are still any left, you should get one. And like, why wouldn't you want an adorable dragon sticker? So I agree. <laughs> that's one of the ones that I have on my laptop. Um, okay. My last thing is that I... Don't know why it tickles me so much that Maggie is sad that she can't go see Carhenge, but it really fucking does. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> I assume she can't go because there's no because it's a quiet zone, right? Yeah. The idea of her being like, I've seen pictures. I'm like, who is showing this dragon pictures of Carhenge? Shepherd. Shepherd. <laughs> <probably. laughs> Shepherd's uh. like, let me tell you about. The attractions in the and from where I'm from. Wait, he's he's from, yeah, Nebraska, right? So of course he has like postcards of Stonehenge in his truck to like show various magical creatures. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs>
Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. I have Penny first. So do I. Cool. Um, why don't you kick us off? Once again, Penny is um, in her chapter embodying every gifted kid meme, gifted kid to depress burnout meme you've ever seen on the internet, <laughs> where she is just so upset because she does not have a plan and hasn't had a plan about what they're doing. She's also embodying every Virgo me. <laughs> yes. Yes, she sure is. Um, listeners, we are recording during Virgo season, so yes, you are correct. Um, I got the impression during that spiel that she's giving at the beginning of the chapter where she's like, I always had a plan and maybe it wasn't always the right plan, but I had a plan and like when that plan was done, I had a new plan. And I think that this is the first time that she has maybe ever been like, what if, what if they weren't always the right plan? Yeah. Does that feel true? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, which makes, which makes sense. Cause this isn't, I mean, I guess there's been actually quite a few life or death situations that they've gotten themselves into, but like not the sort of pressing, I don't know formulaic you know humdrum like fight slash escape stuff that maybe she's like used to having to plan where you're kind of like almost like algebra you're just dropping you're just swapping out the x factors but it's like Mm -hmm. the rest of it the rest of the equation kind of stays the same yeah 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 that makes sense so and now it's just like I have no idea about where we are, how are we going to get there, any of the dangers that we're going, because no one thought to pick up a book about America anywhere, (laughs) even though Penny's house is literally full, or her childhood home is literally full of books. (laughs) Totally, yeah. And she was, like, here for an entire summer, very recently. I think I can forgive her for that, because if she spent primarily like almost all her time in Chicago and like sort of the Chicago, greater Chicago suburbs. Like that's a probably a much different situation than being in like rural America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. So. Yeah, no, you're right. And the vibe of Micah's uh, childhood home is not one of people who are like, we go on many excursions into the dragon filled mountains. <laughs> right. Or right. Or whatever the fuck mystical shit lives in the great lakes or in the fucking right rural illinois yeah yeah like i bet they have a garage where they have like untouched expensive camping equipment oh for sure yeah like still with the price tags on (laughs) yeah yep there's definitely a like expensive untouched canoe like strung up in the like in the rafters of their garage maybe a tent they've used once at a yeah. campground where you can like plug things in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which isn't to say that that doesn't make it real camping. I've definitely done, I've definitely camped at not just rustic campsites, but it's a, it's a lot different. If you sandwich between two RVs uh, and you can just plug your phone in right at the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a much different vibe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else do you have here? I just have a little thing about Baz. Cool. Um, I I find it very endearing that he's like, uh, I, I don't eat predators. They're they're good for the ecosystem. There's not enough of them. And I'm like, 
that just seems I don't know. It just seems very like very nice and like thoughtful. And it's like you're a fucking vegetarian vampire. You could be eating as many bobcats as you could find, you know, if you yeah. wanted to. No, nothing is stopping you. But like, sort of this own sense of like, mm. yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's nice. That's all. I agree. Yeah. No, I had that in my notes with your name in parentheses next to it. It's just like, <laughs> I have this here, but this is a Jesse point. <laughs> you know me too well. No, I think it's really cool. And also one of those moments where you're like, oh, Baz is like a really good person, even though he sort of arrives at it complicatedly and sort of has some pitfalls along the way. But yeah. when he thinks about things big picture, his morals are are in a good place. Yeah. Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I don't have anything here. Okay. I mean, this is where I had to talk about, like, what's going on with Now Next, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. I mean, just figured cult stuff belongs in the fucked no. up things section. No, totally. Um, yeah, so we learned their agenda, which is to create the hybrid and... Uh, have magical vampires mm-hmm. which would be very bad for the ecosystem to have that many predators that many over overpowered uh super powered predators mm-hmm. i mean basically going about as you see he has how humanity has done to any of the apex predators on this planet which is to kill them until they're almost close to extinction so yep. which is like very bad <laughs> yep yeah, I don't know. What else? So it's interesting that the magical community is sort of aware about what Now Next is trying to do. And that it just seems kind of wild that there, like, isn't... It, I think it just sort of highlights how, like, incredibly rare the situation that we have with Baz. And even um, a little bit with uh, Nicodemus, where it's like, you're a mage who was turned and you're, like, weren't fed to dragons or thrown under the jail or whatever the fuck kind of way that mages get rid of mages who have been turned, you know? Mm -hmm. So that like, like it's, it's rare enough that they're like, that the now next vampires are trying to like figure out how to do this via science, which LOL, good luck with that. And maybe even a little bit this, like how lucky Baz is that like, A, he wasn't caught by the, Council of Mages, whatever they're called, in England, but that no one has cottoned up to him being a magical vampire, like a mage vampire in the United States, or else now next would have been on him with a quickness, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? And they're they're excited to have Agatha. They had Baz, you know? Yeah. Well, they'd be in a fuckload of trouble, I think, if they had Baz, because he's, like, terrifying when he needs to be, but... I mean, they'd be in a fuckload of trouble because also if anyone took Baz, Simon would destroy them, even though he There's does not have too. magic. Like, yeah. It's like, uh, don't think you want to fuck with the uh, the uh, powerful mage vampire and his half-dragon boyfriend. Bad idea, as we find right. out later in this book, <laughs> directly later on what a terrible idea it is. But, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, actually, it's also like pretty interesting that it's apparently mage law to feed vampire mages to dragons, specifically according to Margaret. Even though she's like, apparently they taste bad, but like, but then it was like, I don't know. It sort of makes so much sense then that Baz grew up and no one talked about his vampire, being him being a vampire. Right. Because like, that must have been like, probably one of the first things that like, that ran through his dad and like, um, Fiona's mind is being like, we cannot feed this adorable five-year-old to a fucking dragon. Are you fucking kidding me? You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's like, it's honestly sort of hard to imagine anyone being like, yes, I will willingly give you my family member slash partner over to be fed to a fucking dragon. I'd be like, oh, hell no. We're, we're, we're leaving. We're just going to go to a different country. (laughs) Right. right. Deuces, you know? And it's just, I mean, and they didn't even do that with Nico. Like, they just struck him from the book. Well, I guess they, they gilded, gild, gilded him. Whatever. They took his fangs, whatever the word for that is. Yeah. They they declawed him, I guess. <laughs> Essentially. And yeah. broke his wand. But, like... I mean, I guess we never do find out sort of how magical instruments are made and how difficult it is to acquire slash make one. But it doesn't make him less magical that he do- because he doesn't have a magical focus point item. So it still seems like it still seems like he could, he could still like figure out how to do magic, even if we know that he's like clearly not doing that, but hypothetically he could be, you know? Yeah. Sorry. I just like got lost in the, like, where would he get a new magic item? And then I'm trying to bring my brain back. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, that the conversation about how it's mage law to feed vampire mages to the dragons leads to maybe my favorite line in the entire chapter, which is when Margaret is like, it's not too late. Dragons are still hungry. Like eyeing Baz up and down, like she's going to fucking eat him. I don't know. I just think that's so delightful. (laughs) She's like, there's no statute of limitations on getting rid of a mage vampire. You guys. (laughs) (sighs) Murder's a natural cause. Anyway. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. Okay, so I think it's so interesting that to Margaret, the dragon, mages smell more foul than vampires. I feel like that makes sense, though, if, like, if we go through her hierarchy of, oh, you're not a knight or a mage or a vampire, that outside of people with swords on horses trying to get a dragon mages would really sort of be your biggest threat against you Mm -hmm. so and like i mean again i don't i really don't see how a vampire versus a dragon would work especially if dragons breathe fire it's like this seems like a not like a non-issue yeah totally so (laughs) so yeah so it makes sense that 
she doesn't like mages because it's like that is the only thing that can really I feel like probably injure or take out a dragon so no I think you're totally right um so staying on dragons so uh Maggie is like Simon's a Simon's a baby dragon he's a dragon kitten which is adorable of course he is and she has some sort of magic going on that she appears mostly human Mm-hmm. So are so then, does this mean that in this world that dragons can sometimes like pass as human beings, or is it like she's appearing as a human because she is somehow tied to the magic of this mountain of sleeping dragons or whatever the fuck's going on? You know. Hmm. I. Okay, I don't know if I'm like making this up, if it's in like a f- coming chapter. I think that she is the mountain. Yes. Yeah. The dragons okay. the dragons are the mountain. Or okay. something like that. But and so we're assuming that she is, you know, a scaly winged dragon. But that's not how she's appearing to us, not like the dragon that we get in book one. So there's something is going on where she is appearing and interacting with a so it's not like a, it's not like a magical hologram like she's like physically hugging shepherd she is physically looking like a human being mm-hmm. of some kind um i don't it seems unclear to me if she's able to like leave the mountain or would want to leave the mountain but like if she's somehow tied to the, like the physicalness of her larger dragon self but she just is, the fact that she's like sort of nonplussed about Simon looking like a person except for with like wings and a tail really just does make me wonder if like there are multiple ways to appear as a dragon in in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I assume that this is like some sort of projection and therefore that she wouldn't be able to like the projection wouldn't be able to leave the boundaries of her physical greater physical form Mm -hmm. but that also raises the question of like i mean the dragon that came to watford was like dragon size like what we think of as dragon size not the size of an entire fucking mountain you know is was that was that dragon also like a kitten yeah, well, yeah, or like can they change sizes? You know, mm. like how much adaptability is there in this? I don't know. I think it's really interesting and I think you're right the fact that she's not phased at all about Simon looking like a person. Um though it does also seem like she's like leading like her primary sense that she's assessing them with is her nose. So mm-hmm. if he smells like a dragon, it might not matter so much like to her internal processors, what he looks like. Mm, that's fair. That is very fair, but it must matter a little bit if she's like, he looks like he's a great red, like I am, you know? True. True. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't, I guess it's more fun for me to believe that there are like dragons who are like, I'm just going to pretend to be human. No one's going to know. I'm just going to be in the human world and like collect my jewelry and eat some cool shit. And no one's going to try to slay me. I mean, I guess it doesn't sound like anyone's slaying anyone now anyway, if it seems like it's a sort of a dark power to do that. But the fact that 
if we're under the assumption that the mage has somehow gotten like dragon's blood or some kind of like dragon product that you would only get from potentially slaying a dragon, I think we can infer that there's still some sort of vulnerability that they have there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I'm in. I think that's really cool. I just love dragons, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> um, yeah, the only thing that I have left here is that when Maggie is just like so frustrated because she keeps being like, I've assessed the situation objectively and told you what is true. And then they're like, that's not true. And she's basically like, are you fucking trying to gaslight me? Like, are you telling me I can't believe my senses? And Baz is like, it's not you, it's us. We're very confusing. I think it's really Right, and then, what is she, and then she, like, sums it up really hilariously, where she's like, all right, yeah, like, uh, misfit tourist trash. Okay, got it. Yeah, t- <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also, I forgot to say earlier that I love the fact that Baz is like, forcibly taking over the situation so that penny won't because he's like i am the only one here who has any tact yeah (laughs) yeah so correct it's like i'm the only person who's learned diplomacy because i live a high class major lifestyle and uh so please don't i'm trying to let us not get eaten by a fucking dragon (laughs) i know and like if it was penny she would have just been like you know when when Maggie's like, are you telling me I can't believe what I see or whatever she says? I feel like Penny would have just been like, yes, that is what I'm telling you. And then that would have gone very badly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Welcome to I'm Just a Poor Boy, where we talk about ways you can support this podcast. I already mentioned earlier that we're doing a one month only back to school sticker special. Uh, The stickers from our, the leftover stickers from our sticker club for the past, I think two years almost. There's like between five and 15 of each sticker. They're available until they're gone or until the end of September, whichever comes first and they're buy four, get one free. So hashtag ruthless.com slash shop to check that out. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit, where we're like watching Heartstopper with you on Tuesdays, and we post fanfic that Jesse writes. I've also been reading our patrons The Princess Bride slowly uh, since sometime in July. It goes up every Friday usually, and that's been a huge hit. It's just really great over there, so check it out if you want to. You can also support us for free by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or Facebook. Uh, I often forget because we're not on Facebook, but people do look at Facebook reviews. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet. Welcome to Send Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. I'm impressed. I do not have anything here. Okay, I only have one thing. Okay. <laughs> it's when Baz is like, I have to go eat. And Simon's like, not by yourself. And Baz is like, you, like, you can't watch or whatever. And it says, Simon spreads his wings. 
not by yourself. And you're like, I don't know. Yep. Okay, fair, fair. (laughs) You know, okay, actually, this might be the place for this, which is Baz just does not believe that Simon wants to be bitten erotically. And I'm like, you could have just like a little, little sippy sip off your boyfriend if you hadn't been totally hung up on what's going on. And then you, we, no one would have gotten in the situation in the first place. Um, and maybe this is just an effect of me spending like the past two, two days reading on an, an embarrassing amount of what we do in the shadows fan fiction, but it's just like w- w- work, <laughs> work smarter, not harder, Baz. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, um, everyone's everyone's lives would be improved if baz could accept that i think that probably what baz thinks would happen if he started drinking simon is that it would turn into that scene in buffy where (laughs) angel has to drink her to not die from that poison (laughs) you know but it's like i think i feel like simon could stop him it's Maybe he wouldn't want to stop him. I I agree. Also, I think that Baz just in general is just like a way better person than Angel. So I mean, like... yes, 110%. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You don't have to scratch the surface of anything to get to find a better person than fucking Angel from yep. Buffy. That... Yeah. <laughs> uh. Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic, science, and magical science. Let's start with the, I think, the one spell we get in these two chapters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is Come Out, Come Out, Wherever You Are, which I did not look up. Maybe I should have looked it up. <laughs> I think it's just a hide-and-seek thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's from hide-and-seek. What a great revealing spell, though. I know, I know, it's so good. Oh, it's also in the Wizard of Oz, which makes sense. Oh, right. Maybe, maybe they're first. Well, I probably should have looked this up. Anyway, it's fine. Um, it makes sense why it's a spell. Popular lexicon. Yep. Um, we talked actually about like most of my stuff that I had here, but I do want to talk a little bit more about uh, Simon being a dragon. Cool. All right. Uh, specifically... When she's sort of grilling him about, like, what the fuck do you mean you're not a dragon? Which, like, legit. Um, mm. She's like, why do you have wings? And he's like, I wanted I wanted to fly. And then she's like, why do you have a tail? A question that both Baz and Penny have been putting to Simon <laughs> for, like, a year now. Like, why the fuck do you have a tail? And under this pressure that he's feeling and, like, this, like urgency of needing to give a fully true answer i think that there, there there is because he's like being grilled by a dragon who's about to like kidnap him because she thinks he's like her baby or something mm-hmm. he says i wanted to be free and like sounds like a dragon to me like that sounds like something a dragon would say i mean she basically <laughs> says that back to him so yes confirm yeah. yeah this actually makes simon seem more dragon-like <laughs> to be yeah, definitely. Um, which I love. Yeah. And like, right. So, and just like the interestingness of him 
can, like thinking about dragons equaling freedom slash some dragon-ish heritage, magical heritage, sort of, you know? I mean, he might as well come from a fucking egg at this point, truly. Yeah. It's so weird to me that this doesn't get followed up upon. I know. By Baz or Penny or anyone. And even in the third book, I don't think that anyone's like, can we revisit the part (laughs) where that dragon was like, you're a baby dragon? Could we talk about this? (laughs) Yeah, I know. And And then, so that even leads to like another question where it's like, what would she have done with Simon if she, if if it was like okay, but I only let your friends go if you fucking stay because you're clearly a baby dragon who's got mixed up in the rock. <laughs> <laughs> this is not appropriate company for a baby dragon. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I would love, I would love to see that timeline where simon is like what do you mean i'm a dragon and then is like guys i'm sorry i actually think this was this is my quest like i need to stay here and figure this out you go save agatha we'll rendezvous later Mm -hmm. right or come back around after they save agatha and it's like we can just hang out in the woods baz can have some food we'll just there's got to be a a bed and breakfast somewhere in these mountains it'll be great everyone i'll learn about being a dragon (laughs) yeah yes i want to see that very yeah. badly. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I actually was a little sad that in book three, we right, we don't ever come back to the fact that, like, Simon is a baby dragon. <laughs> right. So. And she says, like, he smells like a dragon and he smells like iron. So he's clearly both. And I'm like, how did Penny never be like, we need some blood samples. We need, like, Agatha's dad is a doctor. Like, he's got a lab. Can we go? What? Can we go? Like, can we fucking trace your genome like simon you're half dragon apparently how is she not more invested and like what does that mean because it seems important you know that is such a good question and that actually brings up another question in my mind which is okay so like right no kind of like we should probably figure this out but not even the basics of like what the fuck kind of wings are this okay listen everyone i got really into birding over the pandemic Eh. And one of the, like, all of the books about birds, a lot of the books about birds have, like, what bird wings, when they're open, what the pattern of the feathers are, like, and, like, for, in a lot of different species, they look pretty similar. But, like, I could definitely tell you what a flamingo wing versus a hawk wing versus a seagull wing looks like. So it's Mm -hmm. weird to me that no one was like, you know, I really love dragons. And it really looks like Simon has fucking great red, uh, greater red dragon wings. Is anyone gonna comment about that like there is no fucking way that there isn't a fucking charlie weasley in this fucking in these fucking <laughs> books who was like you know what i fucking love is fucking dragons yeah or i guess a hagrid to be like fucking dragons are my life it's like you guys live in a magical world is not one person who's fucking obsessed with dragons mm. I, call I, know. Sh- I call shenanigans on that <laughs> i know i know you're totally correct <sighs> and like he's so he's so lost about his sort of like half half magicalness you know Mm -hmm. but like dragons are a totally different kind of magical than mages so like you know penny and baz want to be like simon you are a mage like you you know airplanes don't stop being airplanes when they're on the ground 
cool follow up on the part where he's a fucking dragon like what kind of what kind of magic do dragons do you know like what can he yeah what could he learn how to do if he learned about this piece of himself right and and obviously he's still fucking magical because i feel like i mentioned this before like if he could fly not magically he would need to like have like the most ripped pecs because that is where the flight muscles are in birds they're in, they're in the breast they're in the chest mm-hmm. he's just you know being his like adorable plump little chunky self and he's fucking flying with with dragon wings like and even i think even the size of his dragon wings i'm like i don't even know if they're proportional for like what you would need to like physically be able to fly a human body like you would need to have a fucking ginormous wingspan and his are like maybe like what like four feet in their side maybe if that i mean we never really get a sense but like they fold up enough i guess we never get a sense but like they're not like 20 feet long which is i think no. probably what you would need if, to like lift a human being off the ground they're like definitely something we need to look up Hang compact on. just a moment i feel like i seen something on the internet about this where it's like if people had wings it was like maybe like an I don't know where my brain saw this, where it was like, here's what human beings proportionally would need to look like if we had wings, you know, in order to fly, I think. Mm-hmm. And right. Hollow bones, fucking ripped, giant pecs, like chest, torso, you know, people are fuck. people are heavy and birds are light. Like birds have, birds have hollow bones. Unless, I guess, unless you're like an albatross or something. I think those birds are heavy as fuck, but yeah so simon of uh, simon is magical like just because he can't cast spells doesn't make him any less magical because there's no fucking way he could just fly like you know and he's not even even loons loons have to like have like how much area in order to get up, up enough speed to like fly away he just sort of launches himself off of the ground yeah totally you know like a pigeon it's like nothing about you is built like a pigeon (laughs) um according to this like thing on the bbc website that's like a two-sentence answer to this question there's an extinct bird that weighed about as much as an adult human that had a wingspan of seven meters a meter seven yards three times seven seven fourteen twenty one twenty one so 21 feet um but it said the bird also had other adaptations that allowed it to fly including like special muscles uh hang gliders which is the closest thing we have to be able to actually answer this question are typically nine to ten meters yeah so so yeah simon's definitely not unfurling 20 foot wings he's not (laughs) he definitely is not no (laughs) yeah yeah, you're right. They shouldn't they shouldn't work if there's no magic in them. Mm-hmm. But they work because he is made of magic. He's a magical yeah, exactly. being. Because he's so. a dragon. <laughs> Again, right, exactly. <laughs> he's a motherfucking dragon. That's why they work. <laughs> I like don't want any situation where Simon is like being studied under duress, obviously, but like I think it's totally possible for Penny and Baz to have had a conversation with him where they were like hey that seemed like important would you like could we support you in like looking into this in a way that isn't like like something the mage would have done to you but it's like 
yeah. hey, let's help you f- figure out what the fuck's going on with you, you know? And I feel like I hope in later years, Simon feels comfortable enough to be like, I actually feel pretty good about trying to figure out some stuff about myself, you know? Yeah. About his dragon heritage. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he goes back to America and finds Margaret and is like, hey, can you talk to me about this thing? Yeah. Uh, amazing. Okay. Do you have anything else here? I do. Um, I have one more thing, which I'm very okay. excited to talk about, which is Margaret says that Baz's wand is made out of a heffalump tusk, mm. which for everyone, actually, do you, do you know what this is from? No. <gasps> okay. All right. Uh, you don't have to watch the whole thing, but so this is from Winnie the Pooh, uh, the book and the Disney movies. But what I remember, because I was like, Heffal- I was like literally screaming Heffalumpton Woozles, which is a song <laughs> from uh, the like OG 1970s Way the Pooh. And the the like imagery that accompanies it is like, it's, it's about as much of an acid trip as anything from uh, uh, Alice, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it's just like psychedelic elephants and weasels. And Into like... It. You know, Pooh's having this like nightmare, but I'm like drug trip because it like it starts with like him. He's asleep, and then you see like his spirit literally lift from his body, which I'm pretty sure is a meme. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, it is definitely a meme. Shit is so it's so fucking weird, and I'm like, I love this. I love that. <laughs> Baz's one is a fucking heffalump tusk, and that this is a real thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Am I understanding correctly? Heffalumps are like a Winnie the Pooh creation. Yeah, yeah, they're in. They're briefly mentioned in like the OG books from whenever the fuck those books were written. Fascinating. I love that. Yes. So, which then leads me. I have to stop watching this YouTube video. You should watch it okay. later. It's. I will watch it later. It's. I like watch it for the first time. I think. In I don't think I, I cannot tell you last time I saw the original Winnie the Pooh movie, and I was like. I don't remember this being such an acid trip. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I need to like get stoned and watch this movie because clearly, uh, I'm also just a big Way the Pooh fan in general. Anyway, but then I'm like, are we under the impression then that like Winnie the Pooh's like home, the Hundred Acre Wood, is like a real magical place, or just like is it just you know somehow A.A. A. Mill tapped into, or maybe was a mage, who knows? It's just like, oh yeah, Heffalumps is a thing that Winnie the Pooh is afraid of. I mean, Lewis Carroll and Dr. Seuss are mages, according to this world, so I think it makes sense that A.A. Um, a. Milne would also be a mage. Yeah, I mean, there's like nothing else, well, I almost said nothing else, besides the fact that like Christopher Robin has these like walking, talking stuffed animals that like live in the woods with natural born animals that also can talk so i'm like i guess mm-hmm. that is pretty fucking magical now that I think about <laughs> it so never mind <laughs> uh so yeah uh the dude who wrote way the Pooh is also a mage i'm calling i'm calling it awesome i love that <laughs> yeah so so no no elephants were harmed in the making of baz's wand just magical ones i guess i don't know hopefully they were um ethically harvested after you know that makes sense i was listening to a podcast about how there's like a scientific theory that whatever branch of humanity was alive the time of woolly mammoths that we might have 
hunted them to near extinction because they tasted good. I mean, like, like subsistence harvesting of, like, using all parts of the woolly mammoth. But, like, mm-hmm. maybe part of the reason why they're not around anymore is because people ate them a lot. Yeah, I, I thought that was fact although i don't know why we would know that but it was because it was like the ice age there wasn't a lot of um options right yeah <laughs> things to eat right so maybe it's like you had people in the ice age eating uh woolly mammoths and then mages in the ice age eating heffalumps and making <laughs> wands out of their <laughs> ivory makes sense <laughs> Anyway, we will put this video in the show notes for anyone who wants to like have a like rip, be like, what drugs were Disney animators on in the mid century? And I want to tell you, probably all of them. <laughs> probably all of them, almost certainly. <laughs> almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. Oh my gosh. Okay, we did it. You y'all, it was really close to us having a twenty minute episode, and then we just kept talking about animals that don't exist, and we've made it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So next time we're going to be talking about chapters thirty six and thirty seven, and we're not doing prolonged outros anymore. So until next time, Scatamoosh. Scatamoosh.